get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So have you been hearing about the uh, Tucker Carlson interviews with Larry Sinclair? I've seen bits and pieces of it. Wow. I mean, if that's true, you... You actually are one of the people that have always gone on this premise of the Manchurian candidate. Exactly. And he's sort of, I mean, it's not exactly a total fit from a, you know, an, an analogy perspective, but I've always felt like he came out of nowhere and he just was built up. He had no background. The The Manchurian candidate, you know, of course, uh, was from a Republican family, but in this case, it's a liberal and you, you do see this person who has absolutely no history. History. And and his records are sealed. And, you know, we're getting all this information. He's been out of office for years at this point. And it's a little interesting that there's a lot of focus on it. But of course, the focus on it is coming more from the right than the left. The left wants to ignore all this because he was there not to use a pejorative uh, word, but he was their boy at the time. He was the golden boy. Yeah, he came out of nowhere, state senator, and then all of a sudden, four years later, nobody's ever heard of this guy. Nobody knows where he's from. Nobody knows where what's what what his grades were in school. Whether he was a foreign student, whether uh, his birth certificate was legit, uh, Trump was on the forefront of that, and um, and he hated Trump. He hated everything uh, about Trump in one sense, but he was actually recorded on record as saying. Everybody should have a goal to be like Donald Trump right. until Trump questioned him about his his citizenship. Well, that's because and he then was... it was like, hey, that's too close to home. Not only, I mean, there's this there's this tweet that um, it's actually uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna discolor it. You're gonna discolor. Okay? Yeah, I'm gonna make it so it's family friendly. But it says, who knew that Obama likes to smoke crack while getting his uh, getting, you know, fellatio, right, by another dude. Fascinating. This should have this should be an exhibit in his presidential library. And so the point, though, that I think it drives home, it's funny, 
it drives home the fact that we have a media that's covering things up for the Democrats. I mean, FDR was in a wheelchair. He was womanizing. He was doing all kinds of stuff. JFK also. And JFK. And they covered for them. They did. And and then President Trump, they made stuff up. Right. You know, it's exactly the opposite. I think... And it's the world... Leonora, it's the world we're living well, in Well, right I, I think the turning point was with Clinton. And Clinton was a Democrat. When the whole Monica Lewinsky thing came out... Oh, it's nothing. No, no, no. But I think people were protecting him. But then there were some people who that just... The whole situation was too explosive... They had to get it out, so I think that was when we crossed. Did you see the Hunter laptop lately? <laughs> yeah, no, no, but the, no, no, no. Uh, my point is saying that historically was that was when we crossed the Rubicon. That was when these people were no longer protected. Well, and just before Clinton, Gary Hart was well, he had telephoto lens on a boat with Don with with, with Don Rice. Rice, who now runs an organization called Enough Is Enough, where she protects children against cyber um, abuse. Right, but I mean. That that was thir- that was thirty six years ago. Yeah. Next to compare that to today's shenanigans, that is nothing. That is that is nothing. And this whole how about Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick? Right. Well, yeah, and that's the story that nobody has ever put all the pieces together yet on that uh, over fifty years later. Because but of with cover a, up. but with but with regards to Obama, I think the the fascination with this story is because Obama is still present, and we all feel that his hand is on the Biden administration. That is why we are so interested in this story. If if Obama was non relevant or not relevant. People wouldn't care so much. It would be just well, another person getting out a story. But here, in this here, case, people care because he's still relevant. Here's another cartoon. What did he say? Uh, I don't know. Something about smoking crack and being gay. You know, the thing is, nobody really get, cares whether Obama's gay. People care that the media covered up these lies and that he's the Manchurian candidate. Nobody knows where he came from. And all of a sudden, we're finding out things. This guy single-handedly divided our country with race baiting you know the i I was i remember sitting at a bar one day with uh my buddy steve in Mm -hmm. philly and and uh he's radical liberal right and i just didn't want to get into an argument we were talking about baseball and stuff like that and i just didn't want to get into like a political debate he was baiting me in right right and they had the dnc convention in 2004 and it was like, not the blue states, the red states, uh, the United States of America. And I'm like, I, I like that. Right. I like unite, being united. Yeah. And he, he looks good. He's colorful. He, he's he, an he excellent great, speaker. Great orator, right? That's what they say. And so, you know, I never voted for Obama, of course. Neither <laughs> but, did but, I. But who, who, who he was going against, McCain... In 2008, I couldn't stand McCain. Well, but McCain was viewed by many as a hold your nose vote. No, McCain, McCain worse. No, just look I, at the, just look I at the voted McCain for McCain. Today I voted for and McCain. what they stand for. I Nothing. voted for McCain because I couldn't bring myself to vote yeah. for Obama. So I voted for McCain. And then I uh, Mitt Romney came around. And I thought, Mitt, man, he's great. I liked him Talk a lot, Obama. too. And then I remember, ta- same dude, yeah. right? Uh-huh. We were in a diner the next morning after the election. And he was like, how do you feel? And I was like, not so good. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how that happened. I've never gotten it so wrong in my life yeah. when it comes to politics like that. And now I'm realizing all these strange things. 
because there was the Reverend Wright connection and stuff, and all these strange things were like, this just doesn't add up. Something is happening in America. And I guess it was the underbelly of what was always happening. Yes. It was the underbelly of what was always happening, because that's why I brought up FDR in the beginning there, because it's not like it's new, you know? But... I will say this. I think that the Republicans get the short end of the stick, and we have been since even before Walter Cronkite, you know, or even The Tonight Show and all of these different things. We're just now seeing it. Why? Thanks to who? Donald Trump. Yeah. Because he came out with fake news. He hit them right between the eyes. Just like when uh, Chuck Schumer said something to the effect... The, the intelligence community has six ways till Sunday to get back at you, right? It's like, boy, that's not savvy to go after them. And it's like, yeah, that's that's uh, sort of works if you got a intelligence community that's completely in the tank for the liberal party. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said this, and it's true. The FBI and the DOJ are hand in glove. The CIA and the State Department and USAID are hand in glove. And... The uh, uh, NSA and the DOD are hand in glove. Yeah. You know, one's the military intelligence, one's the State Department Foreign Services intelligence, and the other's the uh, domestic uh, law, law enforcement and investigation intelligence. And then we got these corrupt judges, and then we got the Soros influence. And it goes back to moveon.org. Remember um, uh, the uh, guy that... Uh, uh, I forget the guy's name now, but he was a music artist. He, his his music was featured in uh, Born Identity. Yeah, um, blonde hair guy did some really fancy music, and uh, he started MoveOn.org with right. the help of Soros. And at the time, he thought benign, but right. those were the inroads to indoctrinating uh, or to in, infecting. Our, our law enforcement. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of ground movement going on, whether it was ACORN back in the 2008 or SEIU today. Um, they're militant groups. And the offshoots are like groups like Black Lives Matter. I mean, we all know this stuff. Yeah. And nobody does anything about it. We got Mitch McConnell who freezes at the podium every other day. And we got Kevin McCarthy that's just... Going along with corporate America, I mean, his roommate was Frank Luntz. You know, they're in bed with the alphabet soup, you know, Google, and and all the uh, all the uh, BlackRock invested companies. You got Paul Ryan, the head of Fox News, the only news outlet that we could actually turn to for some sort of fair and balance and unafraid. That's BS. And we found that out thanks to Donald Trump. So... You know, this whole thing about the, the primaries, they just had this new poll that had Nikki Haley doing the best against um, Biden, you know? And that was on Fox and Friends today, which I find almost impossible to watch at this point. Well, I turn become, it off. It's become it's very a distraction. Show. It's a distraction. I, I just turn it on like, hey, what's the top story that they're covering today? Let's see what they're doing. And I'm like, ugh, I got to go back on... Twitter and dig for my facts that I that lend support to the the theories I have and things like that. But I can't even I can't even use it anymore. But the only reason why people like Nikki Haley 
uh, against Biden is because she's probably the closest thing to a Biden yeah. that there is on the conservative movement. Yeah. She and Tim Scott, both from South Carolina, you know, it's just crazy. The world we're living in. We have no opposition to the tyrannical government. Reason being, it's a uni party. It's supplied and financed by the big corporations. The first thing we have to do is get corporations out of our elections so that we render them feckless. We have to reestablish, re- reset on how elections are won and uh, waged. Yeah. We have to basically get big money, big corporate money out of it. There's been talk about this since the days of Elizabeth Warren 20 years ago. Yeah. And she's one of the biggest takers of corporate donations. Yes. And it's just they say one thing and they do another. But until we can get uh, get Klaus Schwab's uh, business partners like BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, who own 88 to 90% of all the multinational corporations – Incidentally, speaking of multinational corporations, it's G20 in India t- today. Yes. And tomorrow and the next day. And they're all going to get together. And the policy agenda is like a who's who of globalism. It's how to get more support for Ukraine, how to advance climate change in developing nations like India and and uh, China, who represent 3 billion people in the, in the world's population. Right. And... They're considered developing nations, despite the fact that, and and they're blowing smoke. They're blowing smoke not not just verbally. They're blowing smoke literally through smokestacks. The Paris Agreement ensures their success, and just because their growth was hyper speed and now it's no longer hyper speed, it's slowed down a little. Their growth is still assured because of the climate initiatives drawn up by the Paris Agreement that basically ban and outlaw and and regulate to the hilt manufacturing in the West so that they could call themselves green, regulate and control their people, their food, their money, their, their energy, and their um, uh, climate, eco, CO2 emissions. Mm-hmm. Even though every day on this show we talk about CO2 emissions Missions and climate change is a hoax. We talk about the 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 the, uh, the pandemic as a scandemic, a pandemic. It's all about distributing or stealing money from the middle class, whether it's inflation, whether it's CBDCs, whether it's energy, food supply, buying up our land, setting uh, uh, acres and acres of, of of forests on on fire. The same people behind these initiatives are basically supportive of depopulation and they're support, uh, supportive of literally cutting down our forests, replacing the forests with solar panels so that people can get rich off of the manufacturing of those. And then they want to bury the wood. Earlier in the week, I actually played this thing. It didn't make any sense to me. The same people like John Kerry said, we have to go after the agriculture to get uh, to, to ensure our food supply for the future. I'm like... That's about as as backwards as you could possibly get. It can't get any more upside down than that, right? Right, it can't. I mean, that is incredible. So we have a lot of things that are happening thanks to the media. I'm going to play this audio clip. This is from June 2020 to give you an idea of how the media 
did this. They did it with COVID. They did it with Ukraine. They did it with the Russian hoax. They did it with Crossfire Hurricane. They did it with Jesse Smollett. They did it with every hoax. And yeah. every one of those hoaxes, every single one of them, is like the wrap-up smear that Nancy Pelosi talked about. She talked about it, and she basically said, well, the wrap-up smear is something that the Republicans do. Well, the Republicans have no control over the media, so how could they do it? Right. I mean, the media is never going to cover anything that helps the Republicans, ever. So how in the world could they get away with the wrap-up smear? But Nancy Pelosi, with her blind stupidity, sits there with her people in front of her in San Francisco, which has gone to hell in a handbasket, and... Am I worked up or what? I think you sound worked up. A little worked up. All right. So here we go. This is like case in point right here. It's kind of crazy. All right. So let's change audio. And this is pretty interesting. Very important Monday morning. So you. Uh, What's her name? Brzezinski. The liar. (laughs) Oh, Mika. Well, I I went to elementary school with her older brother. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. All right, here, she's going to start. This is June 2020. She's talking Russian bounty hoax, one of the many examples of election interference in 2020. Yeah, this is election interference. U.S. has gathered intelligence that Russian intelligence officers have offered. Okay, this is June of 2020. This is against incumbent Trump for Joe Biden, right? All right, let's take a listen again. Sorry. Very important Monday morning. The U.S. has gathered intelligence that Russian intelligence officers have offered to pay bounties to Taliban fighters who kill Americans, who kill Americans. Three people briefed on the matter told NBC News. The New York Times first broke the story on Friday, aspects of which have been matched and independently reported by NBC News, the AP, the Washington Post, CNN, the Wall Street Journal, and ABC News. With the White House engulfed in a new Russia scandal, this one involving the president's flagrant disregard for intelligence reporting regarding bounties on U.S. soldiers' heads. We effectively greenlit their assassination campaign against American soldiers. I think about this as a dad, a father, who sent his son to serve in harm's way for a year in in the Middle East and in Iraq. And I'm disgusted. Bounties on the heads of American soldiers. And you know what a bounty is? Bounties on the heads of American soldiers. is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. Remember the Russian bounties we heard so, about last so, year? So this the intelligence. Is April 2021. This is like a year later. Had suggested that Russia paid the Taliban to kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Well, it turns out that might not be true. The Biden administration now saying that intel isn't conclusive. Allison, the idea that the Russians paid bounties on the heads of American soldiers in Afghanistan is falling apart a little bit. What we also reported back in September was that the military was unable to corroborate this intelligence, that they had looked hard but found really no evidence that this program existed. You want to know what that is? That's the CIA and the State Department waging a war against their own commander-in-chief Mm-hmm. to win an election for Joe Biden. Yeah. And look where we are, because Victoria Nuland, for example, was just over in Kiev with uh, Blinken this week. Yeah. And they're the ones that started the election overthrow 
in 2014 in Ukraine. Yeah. And they're the ones that are basically the most important instruments in what this conflict in Ukraine and Russia is all about. They're like the arson that is also the fireman putting out the fire. This is like Cloward and Piven, where you tear it apart and tear it and destroy it so you could build it back up in whatever clubhouse or money laundering uh, corrupt center you could ever imagine. But they're the ones that created the corruption. They're the ones that created the mess. And now they're the ones putting it out. And they're acting like they're the smartest people in the room. They're the dumbest people in the room. These people at the State Department, the CIA, and USAID with Samantha Powers at the helm, she was the one that unmasked everybody from the Trump Trump campaign. And this was just an unbelievable amount of corruption heading into the 2020 election. Three people briefed on the matter told NBC News. The New York Times first broke... Yeah, well, that's a, kind of a repeat there, but... Um, yeah, but they came clean mm-hmm. after it was out, right? Yeah. After it was out. They, they just basically couldn't hide it anymore. But this is the kind of thing we're dealing with. Here's another thing. It says, breaking. The city of Highland Park canceled the poverty simulation event where rich, woke people can pretend to be poor for two and a half hours at a nice country club. I remember a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be in New York seeing this person tomorrow. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, uh, I remember this story about this uber-liberal, uber over-educated person. Yes. And Ivy League and everything. And I remember... Um, she and I used to feed the homeless, right? Friends, yeah. friend of mine. And so we feed the, fed the homeless in Philadelphia. And that was great. But then they had this conjured up this idea. This idea was that we would all camp out in the parks where the homeless are and for a night. Now, these people have six-figure salaries, right. beautiful apartments, and really wonderful north-faced camping gear. <laughs> You know, and and they're going to camp out for one day in solidarity with, you know, the plight for the homeless. That is hardly that is hardly a mock trial. That is hardly. Yeah. You know, that that's that's just that's just patronizing. Yes, exactly. It, I wanted nothing to do with that. I want It's like I want it made me almost want to throw up when I heard that pitch. It never happened, but it was a pitch. And everybody just thought, like, kumbaya, we're going to... It's crazy. And that's what they're doing in Chicago right now. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. You want to talk about a racist? All right. So we got something here uh, that I wanted to share with you. It's out of context, really. It's, right. It's Joe Biden. But Joe Biden said some things that were just unbelievably racist. Here's one. Joe Biden has been looking... Out for this was when Joe Biden and Barack Obama were debating each other, yeah, uh, in the primary leading up to the 20, 2008 election. I spent last summer going through the black sections of my town holding rallies in parks, trying to get black men to understand it's not unmanly to wear a condom. I got tested for age, I know Barack got tested for age. There's no shame in being tested for age. I spent Wow, <laughs> that is just unbelievable, right? That is unbelievable. This is, this is a scumbag. 
in the White House. All right, let's take a listen to this one. Found out that this midnight basketball isn't getting them together a bunch of jive folks living in their city to do, uh, you know, try to see if they can be Michael Jordan. When they found out they were keeping schools open so gangs come off streets instead of out raping my mother, marauding me. Wow. Robbing the local store. They're in a gymnasium. And my daughter will be safer. My wife will be safer. My mother will be safer. And I will be safer. And I will be happy. So basically, he's like, we got to get these black people off the streets and corral them in gymnasiums. Yeah, yep, exactly. You know, because they don't really have the mental capacity to, to behave like yeah. humans. They're acting like animals. Wow. I mean, it is in- unbelievable the amount of racism. We could play clips for an hour, right? Yeah. About like, you can't work at a 7-Eleven without yeah. an Indian accent. Yeah. A slight accent. This was a really cool meme. It says meme of of the freaking. <laughs> this is, person says this is the meme of the year. The uh, there's a person in a mask with a little backpack. You know, obviously libtard. And why isn't COVID affecting you people? And he, she's speaking to the Amish. Yeah, you people. Okay. Yeah. Why isn't COVID affecting you people? All right. And there's two Amish people, right, with hands in the pockets. Yeah. And they're like, they're wearing their straw hats and yeah. they don't know. And they're like, we don't have TV. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. I mean, when you think about it, right? Yeah, that is What funny. have we been talking about? Yeah. We've been talking about that the, the gaslighting and the, the spin. media. If you don't have TV, you're obviously not prey to the media. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be conditioned. So here's a couple of things I'm going to read. Uh, this was a... Uh, Actually, this this is a it says breaking, but it's not breaking news. President Biden used a pseudonym. OK, we know that the use of the name prevented discovery of the messages under FOIA. So Comer is demanding NARA provide records. We've already heard him say this this week. So this is a little bit of a probably a bad choice on my part. Plus, I can't even read the document because it's so small. But uh, Charlie Kirk just posted this one. So this is why I thought this was interesting. New evidence has emerged that then Vice President Joe Biden's office colluded with Hunter Biden, uh, Biden's business partners. So Comer is now requesting same thing, same story. And it's the same document, really. So he's basically putting pen to paper, I guess. And it's almost like a subpoena. So that's kind of interesting. These are things that are going to happen uh, soon, hopefully. But, you know, I'm, as the, I'm as the election my... starts to heat up, these things are going to happen soon because there's going to be pressure on Biden not to yeah. run. So here's here's the hypocrisy of the year. This is Eric Adams. Meanwhile, New York and New Jersey are buckling under the weight of a relatively tiny number of illegal aliens. Texas faces an existential threat. But they don't care about Texas because it's Republican. Of number course. One. They want to overthrow the vote. That's number two. They want, uh, and then there's corporations that are advancing slave labor with a tax-friendly state, yeah. which won't be tax-friendly for long if the liberals get their hands on True. it. True. Um, but uh, this is from the Houston Chronicle as well. Governor Abbott will have to remove the floating buoy barrier he destroyed in the Rio Grande without federal permission by the next by the end of next week. So. He deployed, I mean. 
So that that floating buoy was preventing right. a lot of people from right, coming right, across the water. Right, yeah. Uh, the Houston Chronicle is all too happy about this because Houston is a liberal city. Wonder why. Um, <laughs> yeah, wonder why Houston's liberal. <laughs> don't want to go there. Um, invasion is near, and I don't know why. Uh, speaking of Houston and being a liberal city, yeah. I don't know why black people continue to vote left. I don't know. I either. don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Right. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. All right. But here is black mayor of New York, Eric Adams, liberal as can be, crying the blues because he wanted to be a sanctuary city until it wasn't helping him. No yeah. support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. This Never guy's a in scumbag. my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue... Will By do- the way, who taught this guy how to talk? I, I don't know. I don't see an ending to this. He needs a speech pathologist. Jeez. How do these people get elected? Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor up. So he can't, I mean, this is, he's the one that said, 
you know, bring your tired, your worried. Well, but you, but you know what? <laughs> this comes back to like, not in my backyard, not in my condo. <laughs> the, I mean, the, that's the what people. Was that's, Nantucket. Yeah, Nantucket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Martha's, I, I, Vineyard. Uh, Martha's Vineyard. No, and that's the thing is, people do not want this in their backyard. They're happy to go out and say, "Oh, let's help the homeless. Let's pretend. Let's let's spend a night in the home with the homeless like we're camping." But guess what? When you do your experiment after that one night is over, you're able to go home. And and pick up a latte on the way there yeah, and absolutely. go back to your back to your normal privileged life this isn't pretend for people no no it's crazy though and uh here's another hypocrisy china is building new coal power so fast that energy transition by the west is meaningless even if the u.s went completely off coal tomorrow its plants would be more than replaced all right so Several interesting things have happened lately. So Bloomberg was reporting on August 30th that a recent update by British Dutch oil giant Shell. I didn't know Shell was British. I thought that they were Shell is British. I thought they were. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? It was out of Houston. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) How dumb am I? Um, Shell seems to have quietly abandoned a previously announced radical plan to cut the company's carbon emissions. Of course, of course this is happening, right? So this is what I've been saying for forever. Like this is never, I've never said anything other yeah, than yeah. what this story, wow, this is the in the Telegraph, right? This is like, wow, big news. They yeah. had all kinds of team yeah, of journalists yeah. figure this out. It's like, no, they're going to quietly go right. with green. Right. I can't wait till Trump gets back in the Oval Office because we're going to be energy independent again and we are going to flip the script on the globalists. Absolutely. These lying son of guns. Son of guns. Yeah. All right. So this is um, my feature piece that I wanted to play all week. And we're going to go ahead and give like a narration and run some clips about this. Uh, This is the Victor Victor, uh, Orban I remember when you and I were in Budapest in 2018, and Uh he had just become the leader. Yes. Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. And there's the Buddha side and there's the Pesh side. We were watching the World Wrestling Championships over in Budapest. We flew over there from Milan, Italy. Right. And we took a whiz air, flew over the mountains, went to Budapest, saw the USA team kick some butt. We also wrestling. did some sightseeing. That yeah. wasn't the only thing we did. But we, we oh, in one of those sightseeing um, was a tour guide that basically hated Orban right. and called him a fascist. And I called him that. A, he said, he's just like Hitler on steroids. <laughs> like, give me a break. Right? I couldn't believe the that The conservatives this, love him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love him. American conservatives love him. Yeah. And so this was a really interesting interview. And so what we're going to do is play some clips and then, um, so when we speak about we're gonna, yes, hundreds, of- we're going to play some of these clips, and then what we're going to do is comment on them, pause, comment. Uh, I really want to. I want people to hear what this guy has to say. Okay, All right? so it's real important. Let's do it. All right, we're, we're, here we are. Agree to sit down with Prime Minister Viktor Orban and ask him what exactly is happening in Ukraine right now. Here's what he said. So in the United States, um, the view is that Ukraine is winning this war. It doesn't sound like that's true. No, it's a lie. It's not just a misunderstanding. It's a lie. It's impossible. I agree. Everybody who's in politics and understand the logic, the figures, the data, no way. Why is it impossible? 
because that way the Ukrainian, the poor Ukrainians die every day. Yes. Hundreds and thousands, you know. So I'm, my heart is with them. So it's, 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 uh, it's tragedy. It's tragedy for Ukraine. But they will run out earlier from the soldiers, number of soldiers, than the Russians. What finally will count is boots on the ground. And the Russians are far stronger, far numerous, more numerous it is more than of Ukrainians. Many more. So, so this strategy that we are just supporting is a, is a bad engineering of the strategy. And here's what's interesting about this interview, Leonor. Yeah. He isn't, Hungary's part of NATO, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they are. Double check that. I, I will done. check so we but don't when sound, he says we, so we don't say stupid. When he, when, stupid. But, but he is part of the West. And when he says we are part, this strategy, our strategy, when he says our strategy against Russia, because he also has a very friendly relationship with Putin and Russia based on energy and grain. Right. Yes. Uh, NATO further expanded after the Cold War, adding the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Poland right. in 1999. Right. Yes, I knew that. So it but, is part of NATO. Yeah, I was. I was pretty sure about that. But yeah, and you can listen to his verbal right right here when he's saying this. He's basically saying our strategy is a stupid strategy. We shouldn't be engaged in this strategy. This is not the strategy. Okay. So if the Biden administration has said our goal is to beat Russia, is to affect regime changes, to kill Putin and take him out of power. You know, they misunderstand uh, probably the Russians. You know, to understand the Russians, it's a difficult thing, especially if you have uh, an ocean between you and Russia. Uh, so, so when we speak about politics, I, I mean Westerners, what is the focus point of our conversation? The focus point is freedom how to provide more and more freedom to the people. Yes. Uh, when you speak on politics in Russia, this is not the number one issue. The number one issue, how to keep together the country, because the country is very big. That's and, a big, and, and big issue. And the privilege of the question, how to keep together the country and not freedom. Freedom is just another issue. Second, third, whatever. First, keep the country together. And that's generate a different kind of culture and understanding of politics. That's created a kind of military approach like yes. they have. Always on security, safety, buffer zone, geopolitical approaches. It's not, it's not our culture. It's a different approach. It's legitimate to have that because it's their history. It's legitimate. But we have to understand that we cannot beat them as we do just now. It's impossible. They will not kill their leader. They will never give it up. They will keep together the country and they will defend it. We finance more, they will invest more. If we, if we send more technical equipments, they will produce more. So don't misunderstand the Russians. So they're not going to get sick of Putin and throw him out? <sighs> Come on, it's a joke. <clears throat> what would happen if the West succeeded in killing Putin? What would happen to Russia and its nuclear stockpiles? Okay, so that's... Uh, that's uh, okay, may I recall one of my experience? Yes. So I was prime minister uh, exactly at the time when the change happened in Russia... Putin after Yeltsin. Yes. Yeltsin was very weak and getting weaker and weaker. And I do remember the fear of that time here in Hungary and in, in Europe as well, whether there will be a new leadership or not. So the real fear here was that there will be an anarchy in Russia. Yes. Putin is out and no new guy who is coming in strong enough to keep together the country, the nuclear arsenal and the army control and so on. So everybody was, was happy. 
when realized that, <laughs> that after he had seen Putin come in and started to control the, the military and the, and the Russian power uh, as a leader. So everybody was happy. I do remember that. So don't, now Putin is in power for long, long years. We forgot about how dangerous when there is no strong leadership or interregnum in Russia. It, the interregnum is, is the worst case possible. So, but that is our goal. That is the goal of the U.S. State Department. Yeah, but it's a mistake. If, if this is the goal... It always is. They did the same thing with Imran yeah. Khan in Pakistan, yeah. and these, these State Department officials are just morons. I mean, they, they overthrow one government, uh, Saddam Hussein, Gaddafi, um, uh, Mubarak, right, in yeah. Egypt, yeah. right? I mean, what, what, where, where's the good? Yeah. You know, we lucked out in Egypt, but they wanted Morsi in there. Yeah. And um, we got rid of Mubarak, and now we have, um, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but... Um, Movi, Modi? No. Now, what are you talking about? Which yeah, country? The, the leader of Egypt. The leader of Egypt. Right now, yeah. Um, in any case, um, it was more, it went from Mubarak to Morsi to the guy today that basically Erdogan doesn't like and Obama hated. Abdel Fattah El-Sisi. El-Sisi. Yeah, El-Sisi. I was yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was something with an E Yeah, El-Sisi. So in any case, yeah, but I mean, the thing, I talk about El-Sisi all the time. I don't know why I forgot his name. You had but, a brain blank. Yeah. Um. So, but, you know, Libya's worse, Iraq's worse, Egypt's worse, thanks to who? Thanks to our State Department, you know, and all their meddling and nation building. It's absolutely incredible. The stabilization is really the key. Everybody will figure out what's best for their country. You know who had that philosophy? You know who talked about it at the UN? Donald Trump. He basically said, I would love to live in a world where every country's leader looks at their own country as first. Yeah, well, they and, should. And number one. Well, that's, and it's it, your home. It, it's, you, you have to think about this. It's how the Olympics this, was so th- great. Well, think about how people deal with their families on a fundamental level. Yeah. You protect your family first. Yeah. For a nation's leader, the nation is your family. Do you They're know what first. the reflection is in the Olympics if you want to del- tie sports to politics? Well, <laughs> it's completely tied. Of course it's um, tied. Look at, look at, look at, look at the America soccer team, the women's yeah. soccer team. Yeah. America was cheering when they lost. That's how bad it was. It's about three months, two months, one month ago. Yeah. One month ago when Rabino was crying in her purple hair. I mean, the thing is, is that America was rejoicing at the defeat of these people that want to put their fist up in the air and want to take a knee for our flag and things like that, whether it's some track person or whatever. And so, you know, we're living in a world where we're actually rooting for Russia right now because they actually have a belief system that's in line with a middle-class America. And middle-class America no longer has support no longer supports the foreign services in our state department. That's how bad the state department has yeah. become. Is they don't even have the support of the majority of their people that they serve. Yeah. So, you know, we're living in a world that's upside down and inside out. You want freedom? Go to go to um, you know Belgrade, Belgrade Serbia, right yeah. now. Uh, their their world championships are going to be in in Serbia, mm-hmm. and it's like Serbia is a place to go for freedom, and and Hungary and and a bunch of others. We're going to go ahead and take this call, um, and we still have a lot more of this Victor Horban to go, Horban to go, John from uh, Chicago. How, 
What's going on? Dad, how are you? Hey, Pretty John. Good. Leonora as well. Nice to hear you again on the show. Uh, yeah, so you touched a raw nerve because I agree with everything you just <laughs> said. Uh, with regard to the Russians, I've said for a while that one of the reasons we oppose them is because they are reasserting their Christian identity. And as a traditionally Slavic Christian country, they have reasserted that, particularly under Putin, they're building churches consistently. And that, in part anyway, is why we oppose them. Then there is the, uh, the fact that we want to be the number one guy on the block. But a big part of it is the cultural thing. And our State Department has been at the, and I use this word uh, advisedly, at the vanguard of trying to attack traditional societies. Absolutely. And I think that's also, of course, is why we well it's also why by our it's all yeah. it's also why our state department flies black lives matter and rainbow and trans flags at the top of their embassies all over the world they're, they're the laughing stock of the world the BRICS nations are serious nations they laugh at our state department at this point 100 percent. well our ambassador to hungary david pressman is a homosexual who's been quite open about it and has been uh, quite uh, meddlesome inside the country. And in fact, you remember a few couple months ago that loathsome woman, uh, uh, Samantha Power, yeah. uh, went there <laughs> and she was bringing in, unannounced, bringing in several sort of rights organizations. Now, Russia has kicked most of, if not all of them out. I would, I would advise an NGO because they're almost all clandestine organizations to undermine any traditional government and any government that's not allied with the U.S. They oh, did it in Georgia. And by the way, in this interview that we're about to tr- push forward and, and play, and we have to get back to it, actually, um, sure. uh, you're going to hear where Orban had a close election. Why? Because of outside American money going into that election to overthrow Orban. That's exactly. What they, and they, you know, look, Russia is too big for them to do that and too much on the alert. China is too big, but where they can, they will. The second biggest embassy in the world, I believe, is in Yerevan in Georgia. The second, why? It's a nation of 2.8 million, or maybe, it's, I'm sorry, Armenia, I apologize. In Yerevan, Armenia, I believe, that's the second biggest embassy in the world. Very small country, and yet we have a big embassy there. Why? Because it is part of the strategy to It's the heart of Russia, Christianity. Which is, well, yeah, and, but... There you go. And so that's By the way, Leonor, what's your heritage? Yeah, I'm half Armenian, and my mother, who was born in Syria, she's an Armenian. She was, she was born an Armenian. in Aleppo, she Syria. Was, she was an Armenian Christian. She always said Armenia was the first nation to embrace And her native language was what? Armenian. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. Well, I just, and just to kind of echo your other point, name me an area where the State Department, which has been in a feat, out-of-touch organization for decades, this did not just start. Name an area where they made a successful or where their coup attempt worked out, where the brain trust figured it out. Libya was a disaster, and we don't let Hillary Clinton off. Uh, we, we shouldn't let her off so easy when she, remember that quote, we came, we saw, he died, and then yeah. he tackled. Right. It was just horrific because what they had before was a, a very stable society, quite a prosperous society for an African country right. or for a North African right. country. Right. And afterwards, they had open-air slave markets for that. It was a disaster, and it also triggered part of that refugee exodus to a helpless Europe that I don't know why they don't 
you know, stop or shoot again. Down the corporations love the slave cars. labor that they they did it to get the slave. That was a that was like the French cutting off the fat to make a great broth, right? I mean, well, I'm that not was sure just what kind of laborers they are. But okay. Well, yeah, that's a good point, but they can drive an Uber. Yeah, so I, I just want to say that we, we have to be aware of that. And when they talk about well, we can't cut this budget or that budget, we can cut it all, and we'd actually be better off. Guys, it would be addition by subtraction. Right. That's the last thing I wanted to say. I All right. To get back to that John, thank you so much. Thanks, and I, yeah, thank you so thank much, you. John. All right, take Have care. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Bye. All right. So we're going to get back to this interview. But there was a great comments by John from Chicago. Absolutely. It's a mistake. It sounds very dangerous. <clears throat> it's more than dangerous. You know, you know, okay, if to sit in Washington, safe United States, is a different feeling than to, to sit here in Budapest. Ukraine yes. is next door country, you know. So what's going on there could have an immediate impact in 24 hours here in uh, Hungary and so on. When I was very, very young, 86, if I remember well, there was an explosion of the nuclear power station in Ukraine by accident. Yes. And it infected us immediately. So if there is an escalation in Ukraine. Ch- Chernobyl polluted. Chernobyl, yeah. That, that could... That could have an impact on us immediately. So it's, it's Washington is far away. Russia and Ukraine is close. That's the Hungarian approach. So given the manpower imbalance between the Russian and Ukrainian armies and the attrition of the Ukrainian army, hundreds of thousands dead. Uh, many Hungarians as well. Nobody knows it. But we have a minority, a strong minority, more than 150,000 people in uh, the territory of Ukraine which was earlier part of Hungary. So it's a historical minority living, community living there. They are part of the Ukrainian state and they, they are conscripted now to the army. And they die, they fight for Ukraine and Hungarians, die, soldiers dying for Ukraine as Ukrainian citizens. So we lost, I mean, Hungarian nation, we are losing lives daily as also. At a certain point, they're gonna need more men. They're gonna need more soldiers. Where are they gonna come from? That's the most risky question. So if the, any Western country would send any boots on the ground, that would mean a direct war between the West and Russia. And we are in a third world war immediately. So it's a, it's a, it's a very dangerous moment now. That's, that's obvious to you? Absolutely. Not, not, not for me. Everybody on the street. All the, all the ordinary citizens are aware that we are living in a very dangerous moment. So the third world war couldn't knocking on our door. So we have to be very, very careful. And that's my message always to America as well at NATO summit. Be, be careful with that. And what kind of response do you get when you say that? An issue. It's not a Russian issue. <laughs> right. But when you said to the world, don't commit an act of terror against this pipeline, you it weren't was speaking not, to It the... was not addressed to Moscow, no. No, no. it was not. Right. Um, so if you were in charge of NATO, if you were, say, Joe Biden... Uh, what would your next move be in the war in Ukraine? What would you do? Peace, immediately. Call back Trump. That's, that's, <laughs> Call back that's Trump. the only Call way out. <laughs> Call back Trump. <clears throat> Call back Trump. Because, you know, you can criticize him for many reasons. I understand all the, all the discussion. But, you know, the best foreign policy of the recent several decades belonged to him. He did not initiate any new war. Yes. He treated nicely the, 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 the North Koreans and, and Russia, even the Chinese, you know. 
he 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 delivered a policy which was the best one for middle for middle east abraham accords yes so so that was a very good foreign policy he you know he's criticized that he is not you know he's not educated enough to understand the word but this is not the case facts counts and his foreign policy was the best one for the world in the last several decades i have seen and if he would have been the president at the moment of the russian invasion started no it would it it would be not possible to do that by the russians so trump is the man who can save the western world and uh, probably the human beings in uh, in the globe as well that's that's my personal conviction can i ask you just wow. to skip around for one second that's about huge. the russian invasion mm-hmm. of ukraine days before that invasion at the munich security conference the vice president of the united states kamala harris said to zelensky at a press briefing we would like ukraine to join nato now ukraine joining nato obviously the obvious right so we're running out of time but uh obviously ukraine joining nato he gets into this and he says after the war you can consider talking about ukraine but during the war no 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 and uh you know, the things that he talked about there, I think, are just so important. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, they, they also, we skipped over a section, because this is a 30-minute clip, and actually, I wanted to play the whole thing, but... Well, well yeah. Um, not, there isn't enough time. No, huh? but they talked about the um, Nord Stream 2, and the Nord Stream 2 was an act of terror yeah. against energy. And again, who did that help? That helped the globalists. That helped NATO. That helped G7. That helped, you know, um, all of these globalists and their corporate interests because it helped perpetuate and push their electric energy or their net zero energy that's not net zero. And and don't ever forget, we tell this story a lot. Freeport McMorrin, Emperex, all these Biden-invested companies flourish when you put... Uh, combustible engines or natural energy, uh, oil and fossil fuels out of business. When you do that, when you don't renew pipelines, when you blow up and sabotage pipelines, you're hurting the competitor to electric, which has no future in my opinion. I don't think there's enough resources on earth to perpetuate this electricity for a lot of reasons. I mean, I could get into a show after show just on the inadequacies of electric energy. But with that, you know, um, it's helping them because they have all the rights and the, mo- the monopolies on those industries and the Bidens are getting rich off of their own policy, which is a conflict of interest. Comer needs to get to the bottom of all this stuff sooner than later. Um, but uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Find out how you can help us advance America First policies to make America great again. Also, donations to MAGAPAC help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. And your donations will go a long way in helping us do that. Also, if you go over to mypillow.com and buy a pillow or a Slipper or something like that. I don't sell slippers anymore. Use Red State as your promo code. Uh, buy that mattress. I love that mattress. And uh, with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Corbetta. And we'll see you next time. On We're the road. Bye, bounds, buddy. It's deeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.